Hi, everyone. I'm Mike Novogratz, and this is Next with Nova. Here's a quick episode of Next with Novo. You know, coming off the crazy week we had in markets, I decided I'd answer a few questions that everybody kept asking me. Hope you guys are having a great day. What's your response to the volatility in the market right now? So this is one of the craziest weeks we've had in a long time in markets. Uh, you know, two and a half, three weeks ago, we had a mob attack the Capitol. And we sat there in disgust and horror as we saw them smash windows and, you know, invade our sacred space. Uh, Three weeks later, we had a mob attack Wall Street. Uh, and it started off as, you know, young, smart traders on chat rooms figuring out that some Wall Street bigwigs had made a, uh, a tactical error. They had gotten giant short stocks, uh, shorted more than, uh, more than uh, the total market cap of the stock. And they banded together and decided, let's buy calls on these stocks. Let's buy high strike calls. And then collectively, like a hive of bees, all start buying the stock and squeeze the short. You know, it would be illegal for me and two hedge fund buddy friends to do it. But when it's individual, uh, hundreds and thousands of individuals, it's a hard to call it collusion. Uh, you know, we don't have rules and regulations around that, right? People put it on a Reddit chat or put it on a, a uh, TikTok chat and said, hey, let's Let's, let's drive the stock price up. And as they drove the stock price up, the funds that were short needed to buy these stocks. Well, then other hedge funds saw that these, short uh, these funds needed to buy these stocks. So hedge funds joined the retail frenzy. And you started driving some of the best hedge funds in the system uh, into real distress. Uh, three days later, this had gone from kind of a trade to a social movement. Uh, it was the little guy versus the big guys, David versus Goliath. It was millennials and Gen Z versus the boomers. Um, and it really took on a social feel. Uh, it got ugly. It really got ugly. There was hate speech. There was, there was death threats. There was us versus them. Uh, that's where I said it felt very similar to the Capitol. There was tons of false information. You know, Robin Hood, where most of the uh, retail traders trade through, especially the young ones, they had to suspend operations for, for people that wanted to buy the thing. And that drove people into a frenzy. David Portnoy, who's one of the spearheads of the, the, the voice of that young generation, he, uh, he started screaming to ban Robin Hood and throw him in jail and, and really throwing fuel on the fire. Uh, the reality was Robin Hood ran out, ran out of regulatory capital. Their, their site was growing so big, so many people were trying to join and joined this crazy party that they needed to take a pause to raise more regulatory capital, which they've done. Uh, and so it's an amazing story that, you know, isn't necessarily good, right? It shows that our country is still frayed. Uh, it's frayed in that, you know, we had Black Lives Matter and, you know, that wasn't just a Black Lives Matter protest. It was, it was mostly about racial injustice, but it was also about economic injustice, healthcare injustice, right? There was eat the rich spray painted all over LA, right? It's about this, this inequality we've seen grow for 30 straight years. It's this class of people feeling like they're serfs, that they can't get ahead, that the, the 1% keeps rigging the game. And, you know, we had Trump, and his, his guys attacking the Capitol. It was the same feeling, feeling dispossessed, feeling not heard, feeling that the, 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 the rules are not fair. 
uh, and now this on Wall Street. And so all three of these things show that the country is as frayed as I've ever seen it, right? We are stretched economically. We are stretched politically. Civil society is fragile. And so all of us need to do something to put it back together. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be difficult. Like I, I'm spending a lot of my time in the cryptocurrency space because I think crypto is one area where you can bring transparency and a more egalitarian, you know, framework to build on. Uh, but we call this podcast systems change or we said it was about systems change and whoa, if this week taught us anything, we need systems change. Do we think the free market is a myth? No, listen, the, the markets are never free per se, right? Like, we decided a long time ago that we didn't think it was appropriate for kids under 18, under 16, under 14, under 12, depending on which century we're in, to tie little knots and make carpets. So we have child labor laws, right? Like you're allowed to put hurdles around the market, right? Guardrails around the market. And so uh, this idea of that markets are supposed to be completely capitalistic and free is wrong to start with. Uh, does the little guy get the short end of the stick versus the big guy, yes. The system is geared towards the big guy. Like even our regulation is geared towards the big guy, right? You can't get IPO allocation if you're a little guy. Those are free money in lots of, lots of ways. Uh, you're not allowed to invest in the best private deals if you're a little guy. Uh, and so, you know, there are real estate, you know, plays if you're a big real estate investor where you can depreciate your commercial real estate for 25 years. Little guy doesn't get that. And so there are plenty of reasons why the little guy's upset. Um, we can change some of those rules, right? One of the things that crypto and the blockchain has been trying to, that revolution you're trying to do is to democratize finance. You heard a huge yell in the last couple of days to democratize finance. And people saw Robinhood as their access to the market. And then when Robinhood got disrupted, they erupted because they were like, oh, we're getting screwed again. The reality is they, were, they weren't getting screwed on purpose. They were getting screwed because were, there was so much of a herd that showed up that the rules that were set up in advance forced Robinhood to slow down because they didn't have enough capital. But that didn't matter at the time because it felt like they were getting screwed. And so, listen, we need to do a better job of having markets that have the right regulation that makes fair play uh, clear and transparent uh, and let markets work within, within some regulated framework. It's like minimum wages, right? Some people like free market guys say there should be no minimum wage. I personally think it's unethical to pay someone $6 or $7 or $8 an hour. Uh, now, there are businesses that do, and some of them are making this transition. And I think most people understand where the, where the societal norm is going. And so you're going to push things in that direction. Um, but again, free market would say I can pay you whatever I want to pay you. Uh, and so I, I think we need markets with smart, smart rules set around them. Should people pull their accounts from Robinhood? No, no, no. I think the, the everyday person should, listen, should educate themselves as much as you can. And the one thing that's been really interesting about this is you learn that there's unbelievable knowledge out there on the internet. There's unbelievable knowledge on the Reddit chats, right? You know, the guys that got in early on this squeeze made lots of money. The guys that got in late are going to lose all their money. And so education, education, education would what I would tell the average everyday person. Uh, I would also tell them, like, you got to know the difference between investing and gambling, right? And how much you should invest, right? You shouldn't take leverage to, you know, take loans or use your student loan money uh, or, the, 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 you know, your, 
the mortgage you could get off a, a second mortgage on your house to bet on speculative things. Uh, and so having some framework, we should do a much better job in schools teaching people some financial literacy. You know, we don't. And so it's up to individuals to learn financial literacy. And there's tons of information out there on the internet.